This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. Join them at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. There's plenty of bonus content over there and you get the show early. You get the show to your inbox every Monday evening. So nearly two days before it goes out to the public, you also get the uncut version of the show. So sometimes we have to make edits to the episodes, uh, whereas this version of the show goes out fresh off the recording. There's over 120 bonus episodes over on patreon.com. Uh, that includes the Road to Nowhere series with Joel, Ali Pashley and Nick Earl. That includes Road to New York Marathon with Sinead and Ali and Moose. It also includes season one of Road to Valencia with the UK boys. That would be back in 2020. And we're doing season two of that at the moment with myself, Christian and Toby Menday. So that's been interesting talking training with those two boys. There's also a whole heap of like bonus listener question episodes, a whole lot of friends of the show episodes as well. So um, yeah, if you like what we do, the show brings you value. It's uh, It's got to come out each and every week and we thank our Patreon supporters for that. And that's just a nice way to reward them. Patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 260 of the Inside Running Podcast. We've got another big show for you this week. There's an Aussie record to talk about, Valencia Half Marathon, some doping news and all the other regular segments. Plus, we have another big name in Australian distance running to replace Brady. But firstly, to my co-host, Julian Spence, the man who represented Australia at the 2019 World Championships, where he finished 39th in the marathon. Welcome, Moose. How are you going? Thanks, mate. That's a step up. I like that. Happy with yeah. that. I didn't want you to walk out. <laughs> the problem with this is that it just goes downhill from here. So you can't do that every week. It's just going to get worse and worse. No, nah, and the problem is the calibre of uh, of guest hosts that we've got on, it doesn't matter what I say about you, it's going to look pretty ordinary once I introduce our guest host. That's true, yep. So what's, what's news with you anyway, Moose? Um, oh, I'm, I'm a bit dusty. I'm, I'm going to be the, the second dusty um host tonight yeah i had a wedding on the weekend and i just do not pull up like i used to getting old getting old it's just two days worth of feeling bad now um even just getting to to bed late nailed me but yes i got it through it though got a long run in so we can talk about that later 
All right. Well, we'll um, introduce the guest host. Uh, she's been to two Olympic Games, two World Cross Country Championships, two World Championships with the best place of ninth, three Commonwealth Games where she's medalled at all of them, including a gold for the marathon at this year's Manchester Games. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Jess Stenson. Thanks, Brad. It was actually in Birmingham, but other than that, you nailed it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what did you right. say? I said Manchester, but it was Birmingham. Oh, it was close, yeah. close, close. Jeez. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jess. <laughs> was that written down? Huh? I did yeah, write that. that I did write that down, yeah. You just weren't reading it, though. Brady, cut it. Manchester's easier to say than Birmingham, I have to say. Yeah, so um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're just talking how you're on the Howie Games, and yeah, we are <laughs> a bit less professional than the Howie Games. No, nah, I'm a big fan of inside running. Um, no, I'm, yeah, stoked to be here tonight. I'm a bit um, husky. It's it's not from the wedding on Saturday that I went to. I picked up a cold later last week, so I'm just on the tail of en- end of it. So apologies for the voice. <laughs> So, um, Jess, how has life changed since becoming a Commonwealth Games gold medalist? (laughs) Uh, I mean, a few new opportunities have popped up, certainly the New York Marathon opportunity. So I'll be leaving this Sunday for that race. That was something that sort of resulted from um, the Birmingham Games. And other than that, just some, yeah, great speaking opportunities in South Australia and a a few coming up interstate um, and... Yeah, some great conversations have resulted from, uh, yeah, you know, the games and people having watched it on TV and, you know, talking about their kids or men saying their wives watched it and um, particularly, you know, a lot of running mums out there. So that's been really nice. And what's some of the biggest functions or opportunities that you've been um, given since you since you won gold? Uh, a few of them are coming up later in the year. Um, there's sort of a big... Uh, one coming up for the uni that I went to, Uni SA, a big awards night, which will be very formal and um, there's been a bit of lead-up work for that um, with some video sessions and so that should be fun. And then, yeah, just the Government House um, Australian Medal, uh, that was yeah, a fun event, but I think that was all participants um, were involved with that. Yeah, and how did you pull up from Com Games? Because, um, yeah, it's a pretty short turnaround from Com Games to New York, so um just talk us through I guess that, that first sort of month after Com Games yeah so I so the race was on a Saturday and I squeezed in one morning like the very first morning athletic session on the Tuesday and then flew out on the Wednesday um they were sort of chuffing us out pretty quickly I think because of COVID um so yeah I got back to Adelaide um on the probably the Thursday and I think I attempted my first little jog on the Saturday a week after the race and I just remember this sharp pain in my right quad and I thought oh I am not ready to run yet so I ended up cross training for a a few days and gradually got back into jogging probably I ended up doing the Fitzy's 5k run I can't remember how far that was afterwards but I'd done a couple of weeks of training and and snuck in a few sessions before that race and then it was City Bay a couple of weeks after that in late September and then the Melbourne half you know another couple of weeks after that so yeah there's been sort of a couple of weeks of training and then a race and then since Melbourne Marathon there's been a, a good block of training and fortunately my my body's been pretty good so I've been able to get get a full um you know the the planned prep in um that Adam had set for me yeah 
And the opportunity to run New York, uh, how did that sort of come about? Yeah, well, I didn't want to think beyond the Birmingham Games. So when I returned and sort of thought, I wonder if there are any race opportunities later this year and um, touch base with my agent from Posso Sports, um, Derek Froude, and and he sort of came back with a couple of possible options. And I said, well, I'd be interested to investigate this further. And and uh, New York was one of those ones. So there was a bit of back and forth and there, there wasn't um, sort of a big opportunity there, but there was the opportunity to at least um, get a start in the race. And so I thought, you know, I've been wanting to do New York sort of my whole marathoning career of you know, 10 years or so, and it can be quite hard to get into the elite field. So um, I ended up taking that opportunity and my brother's also running it. Um, that'll be his first ever marathon and his wife's traveling over. So should be good. Yeah, and so as you said, you're heading off this weekend. So we're recording now on a Monday night, and it's pretty much two weeks to the day or the hour. Like you'll be almost getting out of bed ready to run this time in two weeks. So um, <laughs> do you want to take us through your training week for last week, which would be, I guess, between three weeks out and two weeks out? Yeah, sure. So uh, last week, um, the Monday was a 60-minute run and strides and I guess I wanted to take that one pretty easy because I had one of my final big long runs on the Sunday prior, which was a it was a 16K jog followed by 16Ks at sort of a race pace or effort. And that was one that I'd had on my training program for St. Moritz prior to the Commonwealth Games, but never got to do that one because of the um, COVID. So this was the first time I'd done that session and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So Monday just... Uh, 4.28 pace, 15.71 Ks, and then followed that with um, a weight session of around half an hour. And then in the afternoon did an easy 30 minutes, 6.68 Ks, so 4.33 pace. Tuesday morning, again, we were respecting that effort on the Sunday, so didn't want to do anything too crazy. Um, warmed up 4.8 Ks, did a 20-minute steady run, um, sort of, around 3.40 to 3.45 pace was what Adam said. Um, I did it with Kane Corns, who's also preparing for for New York, and we hit 3.40, 3.40, 35, 33, 38, 20-minute steady, had three minutes recovery, and then did 6 by 400 on off. So that was 4.8 Ks total for that portion. And I think we were hitting around... 77 seconds or between 75 and 79 for the ons and then 315 uh no that's not right I'm not sure what the off pace was it would have been 86 ish or something it ended up averaging out at 327 pace and then a cool down of about four and a half k's uh and then in the afternoon just an easy 30 minutes Wednesday morning I, I tend to do those runs at the moment um with Jacob Cox and Izzy Bat Doyle was also on the run um, last week. Um, it was a beautiful day for it. We ran 20.7 Ks in the 90 minutes, so 4.27 pace, just went along the river. And um, in the afternoon, I ended up doing a 30-minute elliptical session. I, um, yeah, was just feeling pretty tired, so I swapped out my run for an elliptical. Um, Thursday morning, did 50 minutes in strides, 
uh, 12.6 Ks, 4.22 average, ran into Clarkie on the run. So I had been listening to Inside Running and I saw Clarkie coming. I was like, do I stop listening to Inside Running and run with Clarkie? Or <laughs> anyway, ran with Clarkie, had some good chats, um, did gym afterwards and listened to the rest of the episode. Loved listening to Ellie actually talking about her comeback, just brought back memories. Um, she was talking about you know, just each week seeing and enjoying the progress that you make. And I love that feeling too. You know, you go from running your 420s or whatever in jogs to, you know, closer to six minutes and your um, your hard efforts. It's, it's really hard just to go sub four minutes. And each week you can just feel it all coming back. And it's just cool to start, you know, you've got a new benchmark and keep building from that. Yeah. And um, she talked about, uh, the importance of strength and conditioning and how it's easy to drop that when you start running. And I definitely learned the hard way there. I, you know, logistically, when you've got a baby, it's a lot harder to get any training done. So once you're back running, you think, okay, I'll drop the strength work and just prioritize running. But I did find that a bit of a string of injuries followed once I dropped the gym. So I really try to keep that as a consistent in my week now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the afternoon, I did an easy 30, um, 6.8, and I was listening to Lauren Jackson on um, the On Her Game podcast. That was a good episode, actually. She just made a comeback at the age of 40 um, and was a player in their um, World Cup bronze medal. And, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, started feeling sore throat um, Thursday night. Friday morning called Adam and he said, no, scrap the session, just rest today. So I went out and just went for a walk while the others trained. It was meant to be a three by 5K um, session, which I love that session. So it was a bit disappointing to miss it. But um, I think it was the best option because I ended up getting quite wheezy that night during the night and um, like a croup cough. So on Saturday, just decided to take it easy as well. We did have a wedding, so I just had to sort of um, lie low a bit um, at the wedding. And on Sunday, woke up feeling feeling really good and did my two hours just relaxed. It was meant to be two hours with some pickup efforts, but we dropped the pickups. Did 27.9K, so 4.21 average, and that was with the, the big group. And, yeah, now I'm feeling fine. I just have a bad voice. Good week. Got any questions for Jess, Moose? i got a couple. Um, first one about the gym. Do you go to a specific gym with a trainer who looks over your stuff or do you just wing it at home or how does that look? Yeah, so um, I have access to the South Australian Sports Institute, but it's a fair distance from home. So I tend to go out there once probably every six weeks and catch up with the strength and conditioning coach there. He sets my program and just puts it on like a team builder app. So when I catch up with him in person, we go through any exercises that I haven't heard or seen before. And then I go to a different gym to actually do my program. And they've got a crèche at the gym, so it works out. Um, You know, Billy goes to the crèche while I do my my gym routine. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Do you still test for COVID? Because it sounded like it sounded COVID-y. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, yeah, do a quick wrap now. I've yeah. yeah there are a few people catching COVID for a second time though so it's yeah it's definitely something you've got to be wary of yeah yeah 
I am um, Jess, how would you compare your shape? Um, you know, two weeks out from New York compared to two weeks out from Birmingham or, you know, two weeks out from Perth? Yeah, they were all very unique preps. I mean, Perth, I I wasn't running um, as much as I have been recently. I was, you know, balancing a lot more um, cross-training and running because of the injury that I'd had. Um, but I would say that the sessions I'm doing are of better quality than before Perth. Mm. Prior to Birmingham, sessions had been going really well and then, you know, had the hiccup with COVID and um, jogged for that week. And then the couple of sessions that I did do before the marathon, you know, after that week of jogging, you know, were pretty promising. So it's, yeah, I I'd say this has been a smoother lead up um, than Birmingham, but you just, yeah, you don't know. Um, I know that it's going to be a bit hilly again in New York and I haven't done as much hill work because Adelaide, you know, a lot of my runs are just um, mildly undulating, whereas in St. Moritz I was able to do some quite hilly long runs and at altitude as well. So it will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it. Everyone says the atmosphere is phenomenal there and I, I hope I can sort of feed off the crowd's energy a bit and goals for New York have you um like I've, as you said it's a hillier course but I think with your recent shape like there's no reason like you couldn't PB um at New York and is there anybody you've had a look at the start list that you'd like to knock off <laughs> well the start list I mean it's it's a really deep field particularly with the American girls I mean there aren't too many who aren't in it you've got Sarah Hall um Desi uh I mean, if I say who isn't in it, that's probably easier because you've even got um, Kira D'Amato is in it now. Yeah. So um, Molly Saito and um, M. Sisson are probably the only sort of two big names that I, I think aren't in it. Um, and then, you know, some really strong African runners, a few on debut, and then Elsie as well from Australia, and then Jess Piasecki from the UK. Uh, so Lindsay Flanagan, she's um, – yeah, you helped to pace her yep. on the Gold Coast, and she ran two twenty three high, didn't she, that day? Uh, no, two twenty four. Two twenty four low, high. was it? Oh, high. Yeah, two twenty four yeah. high. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there are, you know, a couple of girls there who I think I'll be able to just jump in with, and you know, I I can try and um, finish strongly. I'd, I'd like to think that I could run a personal best, um, despite the the challenging course, uh, because Perth you know, had some challenges about it as well. So that I haven't chatted to Adam about the strategy yet, but I'd say I'll put myself in that sort of um, PB realm. Um, last question Last question for me before we get to Moose's week, but um, we, I know we spoke about it on the podcast, um, like straight after you won Com Games, just how impressive your last 12K was. Like, you know, you're, you're pretty much – we're averaging about 320 per k which is you know 220 uh yeah 220 marathon pace for the last 12k over a hilly course um did you and adam like talk after the race like thinking potentially what you could have run on a dead flat course that day <laughs> we didn't throw an actual time out there but we figured it would have been the equivalent of a personal best i mean it's yeah, I think my previous experience enabled me to do that. I really learned from some mistakes um, in 2018 when I just didn't back my 
my closing speed in the games and and so I decided to start pushing the pace from 10Ks whereas here I was able to just feel so relaxed for the first, particularly the first 15Ks, it felt um, very comfortable and then fatigue started building it around the halfway mark but I was able to go in, you know, to the final 12Ks really feeling like I was ready to attack and, and that was quite unique. Um a lot of races I'd been impatient and hadn't allowed myself to feel that way in the final stages. Mm. Yeah. Um, any more questions or you want to talk us through your week? Oh, uh, how many times have you watched New York, like old YouTube videos and stuff lately? Of, you know, the, I actually, the race replays? I haven't, I need to do that. So I've seen the course and, um, you know, how to look at the elevation profile, but that's a good idea just to get a feel for the atmosphere as well and um, get my bearings. So because a lot of races I've done, there hasn't been the opportunity to to watch the race um, replays. I, I sort of haven't added that into my preparation plan, but it's a good idea to do that, I think. Yeah, because you don't want to uh, you don't want to get caught up in the bunting like uh, Sinead and Ellie did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. We were only having a chat about that when we caught up a few weeks ago. So good. There's some good old old races on there. (laughs) Paula Radcliffe. Which year should I watch? Whatever Paula Radcliffe ran like two, or she ran quick. I can't remember what it was, 221 maybe. Okay. Um, Oh, I'm going to say like 2011 or 10 maybe. So, yeah, a couple of years before the London Olympics. Yeah, I reckon. You'd have to go back. It seems, like, it seems like New York's one of those courses where you, you probably need to be even more patient than than you would for other um, courses, just looking how brutal that last, you know, five, six K is. But probably one of the hardest marathons to be patient in because of the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just says you just get so excited and go hard. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the pack, the pack does. I feel like championship races um, have been a bit more aggressive recently. Um, so yeah. yeah, we'll see. I don't think it'll be. Uh, sorry, not championship um, majors, I should say, and championships have been too. But all right, Moose, talk us through your week. Um, well, my week was pretty good actually. I had like an eighty-four k week, so my biggest week in ages. Um, I'll just be one sec. Sorry, Brad. One sec. Thank you. I just had to give Pierre a good night kiss before he went to bed. <laughs> Can't Cute. miss that. Can't miss that. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> they are when she's happy. Yeah, so I um got out on the Monday. Uh I was I had a big Sunday, so I was, had a little bit of a little bit of soreness going on. Um in the knee. That's when we recorded last week. I sort of mentioned that it, it was uh borderline whether I should have a proper rest or not. But I got out and jogged, and I thought I can can it if it's no good. So, yeah, I did just get out um, 9K in the end, and it felt fine. Same with Tuesday, just 10 and a bit, uh, real similar sort of run. And then on Wednesday, I went down to Aries, um, started and finished at Ali's house. She was just jogging. I was doing my workout. Um, so we went on a loop that's relatively new for us, like, to do workouts on. Um, it's one, well, what's a loop? Maybe, like, 1.2K or something. Uh, looks, a bit pretty, industri- looks a bit industrial estate. 
it's like uh, it's it comes along again along the Great Ocean Road for a bit, and then it's dirt. There's potholes. It's very blue collar, if that's what you mean, Brad. Oh, I just thought like it's a one one point two loop. One point two, yeah. Um, so I, I did a yo-yo session, the first um, first one of these I've done since coming back. That where so I just instead of doing times or distances, I just went laps. It's actually one point oh four, one point oh six, the the loops. Um, so it started with. 338, then 323, 343, 346, 323, 347, 321. And I was running these to heart rate. So I was trying to um, go over and under my threshold, basically. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. It's it probably the best session I've done since I've come back. It, it, I didn't have pace showing at any time, so I had no idea how fast I was running. But it did feel over threshold and it, I felt like I was recovering pretty well. Um, sorry, that's my dog. Um, Go and give him a kiss. <laughs> no, um, I know what's going on. You? Um, so that was a good workout. And then uh, jogged just real easy the next day, like super low heart rate. Um, and this is where I think a lot of people get it wrong when they go out for what they think is a recovery run, but they still – either run hilly or they run faster. Um, so my heart rate, like I wish I did more of this when I was training more and I was a bit more serious about it. Uh, my average heart rate was 121 for the whole run, yet I was still feeling like I was. it was um, a decent pace. I reckon three or four years ago, this would have been, I would have made this 410 pace just because I was feeling okay. But I reckon it, it really helps me um, get through the mileage with this sore knee by running that sl- that, that easy one a lot slower. Um, kept it flat too. So it's real hard to keep it flat in Anglesey. There's only one real spot where you can run. So I, I just have to do a, a few little dinky out and backs, uh, but worth it in the end. 10K the next day. Uh, then I did a workout Saturday morning. Did a, a moose fartlek, which is five by three minutes steady, solid. One minute jog, one minute hard, one minute jog, and this was this what this workout was really difficult. By the time I got to the fourth set, I was I felt cooked. I was having a hard like these three minute efforts were actually really difficult, and they were they were putting me in a bit of a hole. The the last three minute, my average heart rate was 178, which is like way over threshold and it's tough for me running at that heart rate. Like that's a difficult effort to sustain. Um, it was pretty wet. That was um, where it was after like a bit of a deluge, I guess, like the, um, the roads that I run on, they're dirt roads. They're, my feet were sinking probably about 20 centimetres into them each step. So I wasn't getting a lot of response. Uh, that was certainly slowing the paces down a bit. It was also making it more difficult to generate momentum and that probably uh, contributed to the higher heart rates and the effort on most of them but in the end I got through what was it uh, 8.32k in the 30 minutes but really tough back end of that race or that you, well, <laughs> you also you also picked it up a bit Moose like the first few reps you're running more that 310 to 315 range and then you've gone like 259 307 
uh, and then back to 316. Yeah, it was, so up, like those, it was downhill, uphill, yeah. downhill. Yeah. It's, so it's, with your sorry, with your heart rate, do you sort of give it a minute before you check it? Like how long do you think it takes your heart to sort of respond to the pace and settle into a rhythm? Um, I wasn't looking at it on these reps. Okay. Uh, I, I was I was just running to feel which was going to be uh, like steady and solid. Yeah, so and then afterwards I, you've reflected on it and you saw that your heart rate was a bit higher than expected. Yeah, so in the Koros I've got, it's, I, I set this up as a workout, and when I get into the recovery minute, it changes the watch screen and I can see my heart rate. And yeah. so immediately after the rep ends, I can see where my heart rate's at because it hasn't oh, dropped. okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, yeah. There's, it kind of it feels nice to see a heart rate that high because it knows, like I kind of – I had a feeling I was being soft out there and just not really – um like it it was all feeling a bit too hard and I thought maybe it was in my head but then when you see the heart rate you're like okay this is actually difficult and and I did ruin this workout on the um third oh the the second um hard minute it was like a full uphill hill sprint basically um in my head I, I like something just triggered me and I'm like oh you, you you're not running hard enough. Like you're not um, treating these workouts as if they're workouts. And it, I, even within the first rep in my head, I was thinking how long till I get to a point where it, mentally it's not hard anymore. So how many reps are left? Four. Oh, okay, I've only got to do this four times. And that's an, I don't think that's a very productive way to be thinking in a workout when in the first rep you're already counting down. Um I don't, I've never really had that, but I seem to be getting that a lot lately. And I think it comes down to the motivation to, to hurt in workouts and to, um, to actually do the hard work. Mm. So, so yeah, I've, I've got to try to get out of that a bit. Well, your gap, of- your gap for this one was 245 for that. So it was 303 pace, but up the hill, a gap of 245, which, you know, it's not always that accurate, but your gap for the other one minute's was like three that other one was like 310 yeah 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 yeah. that's and then there was a gap of um 239 oh 239 yeah up a hill as well two so 258 pace up the hill gap of 239 yeah yeah this is like when you look back now in hindsight no wonder the the last couple of sets were really difficult because i've fully cooked it Um, and also when and because you're not running that much mileage um and you know you're just getting back into it i reckon there's less room for error on these sessions whereas like when you're fit and strong you can maybe overcook one rep and still you know recover and get through the session really well but that doesn't happen when you're building fitness no no you fall off the cliff really fast that's what happened i remember it was 90 seconds into that fourth three minute where i'm like oh boy (laughs) i don't think i've got 90 seconds left in me and I, I slowed down probably five, ten seconds a k for that last bit, and I was hurting. And if your feet were sinking as well, like you never feel good in that situation. Nah, in the mud. nah. And yeah, it was kind of rutted out. However, I like the first, the first rep. My mind wasn't in the right spot, and I think I've got to work on that. Like that's something that I've got to start changing. I've got to start like having a different mental 
approach to workouts where it's not just get it done. I'm not enjoying it. I've got to maybe start doing workouts that I, that actually excite me a little more or that like I enjoy for this period where I'm not that motivated before the races start coming up again. That's because you can't just get motivated. Like it's not something, it's not a flick, like a switch. You just flick and go, okay, I'm on now. It's uh, it comes and goes. And at the moment, definitely, like, yeah, having a race coming up is one way to, you know, <laughs> rekindle the motivation. Like, do yeah. you do you have anything that you're aiming towards at the moment? Yeah, so I'm going to enter some races now, pretty much yeah. after this workout. Like, um, I'm going to do Vic 5K champs, which is in a, about a month, maybe a bit less. Yeah, uh, nice. And then, yeah, it's seated racing, so hopefully they look after me there, <laughs> get me on early in the afternoon. <laughs> um, and then run Geelong, which is like a, a staple in Geelong. It's a fun run. All proceeds go to the hospital, so that's always good, 10K. And, and then there's going to be – I'm not sure – we're organising a, a Geelong 10,000 metres like we used to. Before Steigen sort of took over and did the spectacular, we – we always had 10,000 metre champs around Christmas time in Geelong. And we're going to do that again. It's looking like early January. I think AB just got to add it to their portal so that you can enter. So it'll be officially timed and there'll be seated races for that as well. I think there'll be a 5K. Good to get the uh, inside scoop for my run strong athletes in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's good for like – Sometimes you, you're starved of 10,000-metre races. For sure. Like, is, is there one in Adelaide? Do you do a track Yeah, 10K? it's this weekend. Oh, right, okay. And is yeah. it pretty well attended or is it like – Oh, not usually. I mean, I think this year Jacob Cox is going to do it, but um, a lot of my squad are going to the Noosa Bolt. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there'll, there'll sort of be a few of the, um, you know – 32 type male runners and then you know Jacob at the top end and then I'm not sure like how many rec runners will get involved yeah well that that's what we're hoping to sort of promote is it's going to be I don't think we're looking for the Zatapak type crowd it's the it's the guys that miss out on Zatapak who haven't really got opportunities for track 10ks yeah Um, and it in that that could be like 29 and a half for the front the front race and then um just seated back until we get however many we get there'll be one that will be just um maybe like infinite time the the first race on, yeah on the front yeah race. and yeah. can they wear super shoes yeah, yeah 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 so i don't think anyone will be there aiming for um qualifying times or for yeah. records or anything um yeah. And I don't think the officials will have will will care. Uh, the race organisers won't. Um, maybe if someone's there, like occasionally we get junior runners looking to get qualifying times, it, like we used to in this this event. So yeah. they might they might have to put on their spikes, but um, nah, no one else. I, I I think that was just so much overkill when they started bringing those rules in. Yeah. Just, like I get it at Zodapack. I think they I think they're just working it out now. Where yeah. it's not good to apply that to the public. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um on to the, the next oh, that was the wedding morning. So yeah, went to the wedding, Matt Gunther. 
uh, Geelong runner, captain of the Geelong cross country team. Um, he got married that afternoon at lovely wedding evening out at a winery on the Ballerine Peninsula. So it was a big, big evening. Got home pretty late. Got to say thanks to Ali's parents, Curls and <laughs> uh, Pauline drove us home, uh, Bree and I, all the way back to Was Anderson. Ellie best on? No, she was average, actually. <laughs> I think she, think she's missing the practice. She, she, had, <laughs> she had to leave the wedding to go and feed um, Tiggy, like, midnight because she wasn't taking the bottle. So, she, oh, yeah, yeah she, she went AWOL. Um, no, it was very fun, though. Real good. Good evening. Not a lot of runners there, a lot of cricket players. And I've got to say, there's nothing more unathletic than a bunch of retired cricketers. <laughs> you, you couldn't even tell that they, like, these were, high, I think, high-level cricketers, but not, like, they look like gamers, really. If you got a, if you got retired runners in the one wedding, you would be like, oh, yeah, there's still athletes here, or there's bit, but not not the cricketing community. Probably not. Probably not wise to go drink for drink with them either, Moose. Oh, I know. I can probably knock back a few, I reckon. That's a good point. Um, yeah, no, so 8, 8 a.m. the run the next morning. Uh, struggled because I had a little bit of car sickness on the way home um, from the wedding. Uh, so, so I got up and, unfortunately, the guy I was running with, Simon, uh, Simon from Ernie Old, he, is, he, uh, he hadn't texted me to cancel. So I had to get up and over there, and Bree and I went and joined Simon for um, our long run, which was 20K. So I got a little bit further than last week, 90 minutes. Um, so dehydrated, headache the whole way. It's a little bit humid, so it just made everything a little worse. Not, not ideal. You've done, uh, well there. You've done well there, Moose. I don't rec- your motivation mustn't be too bad because I'm at the point now where – I'm like you, as I get older, the hangovers are just terrible. Like when I was young, you'd wake up, you've only had a couple of hours sleep, but you're like, just get through the long run and then you can crash the rest of the day. If I wake up feeling like that now, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to take the day off. So for you to get out for 20 kilometres, dusty, when your motivation's not high, I'd say you're doing all right. It's a lot harder being dusty as a parent too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for about four hours the following Eve, I mean, the previous evening at the wedding, I got stuck into everyone about changing their long run from Sunday to Saturday. <laughs> I said, no, that's not how it works. You just don't get to change your program around. A sign of discipline is letting, like, is changing other things, but you don't change your running program. And uh, as Lee Troop always said, if you do the crime, you do the time. So <laughs> you get up and run the next morning. Um, so, yeah, there was no way that I could ever live it down if I, if I didn't get up and run. But I still agree with that. I'm still part – I'm still – like, I'll still stick to that. It's just, it's just that little thing, and I know, sure, it won't affect your training in any way, won't track your race probably, um, but there's something about maintaining your running program and having decisions like how much alcohol you'll drink affect it that I just don't like. And I would rather keep the running program the same and deal with the consequences later. Mm. <laughs> oh, good week, Moose. Was it 85K? Yeah, I'm getting there. Thanks. Yeah, cool. All right, I'll um, whip through mine. Uh, yeah, I had a pretty good week. I got through 125 in singles. And 
I definitely turned the corner this week. I know last week I was saying, I feel like I'm fit. I just need something to click and, you know, just start moving a little bit better. And I think that happened this week. So um, Monday I got out for an hour, 4.13s. Tuesday met Rob out at the horse track um, for a session of, did three sets of three-minute, two-minute, one-minute. I was having a minute rest between the reps but after the one-minute rep, I was giving myself 90 seconds before going back into the, the three-minute rep. Um, I did six-minute reps out here the week before, and I felt, like, so much better. So I pretty much averaged, like, three tens for the three-minute rep, uh, three-minute Ks for the two-minute rep, and about 250s for the one-minute rep, and and felt quite smooth. Um, I didn't really run to heart rate for this session because it – you know, I am over over threshold, um, but, you know, I still only hit sort of mid-170s um, as the high, so not too bad, but just I just felt like I was moving really well. So that was um, that was encouraging. Uh, then on Wednesday, I uh, did my midweek long run, so I did 90 minutes, 410s through Mulligans, had another battle with the Magpie. Um, Course record. Uh, yeah, it's because uh, it's because that part of the run I ha- I've never really run that. So the loop was slightly different on the way back because of all the rain that we've had. I normally run along this fence line, but that's flooded, so I ran uh, slightly up the hill, then turned left. So that's the reason I got that. But I actually think I may have held it anyway before that. So um, then Thursday got out 4.16s for 45 minutes, uh, was planning on doing strides, but <laughs> at the moment I get to the end of the run and I'm just like, I know I should do strides, but I just couldn't be bothered doing them. So that was it for the day. Uh, then Friday, yeah, so no session Friday because I'd organised to meet a few of the guys that I coach on Saturday down at the park run. They were going to have like a solid hit out trying to run sort of 320-kilometre pace. I said, I'll come down and do that and maybe sort of turn it into a session. So Friday, I just jumped on the treadmill for an hour, uh, ran 4.48, according to the treadmill, for 13K. Then Saturday, it was one of those mornings where it was pissing down rain, and if I wasn't meeting people for this park run, it would have been a treadmill session day for sure. But got up, headed down there, uh, so I ended up doing 5K, pretty much hitting 320s each kilometre. Um, one of the guys was with me for the first couple and then he fell off, but I decided I was just going to keep running 320s. Like that's sort of set what I said I was going to do. Um, I then took – so once my watch beat 5K, jogged for 90 seconds um, at sort of like 420-kilometre pace, and then I did four times a minute – pretty solid a minute jog so it wasn't a float recovery like you know the recoveries were like sort of 415s um the one minute reps were about three minute k's and then i did four by 30 second reps off a minute jog and they were more like sort of 250 pace um so overall it was like 9k 329 average so felt pretty good um put those new super shoes on moose so which, you know, I was on an R-ing because it was, like, pissing down rain. I'd be running through puddles. I'm like, oh, do I really want to uh, christen these new shoes in those sort of conditions? But, um, yeah, it sort of got me a bit more up and about, getting out the door, knowing I was going to be running in the rain. So that what was – uh, What do you think of them? Uh, yeah, like, they're really good when you're running in a straight line. Um, I felt like through my sort of midfoot. There was a bit of sort of instability there when I was especially going around corners. 
Um, but I'm not sure if it just because it was like super wet or just with the design, there's a little bit of foam missing there. Um, but definitely poppy and um, yeah, good things to come from Mizuno, but we can't really talk too much about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the win at Parkrun? Well, I got to the so you get you're on the bike path and the finish line veers off the bike path through some cones to the finish. And as I was approaching, I was in front, but I just said, um, like, don't count me. So um, you have your barcode, mate. I didn't take <laughs> my I didn't take my barcode and I I just yeah decided to keep running and do my session. So, um, but it was a well, it was a clean sweep for the Mulligans Flat Track Club. We had first, second, third, and I guess it would have been fourth if included myself. But, um, yeah, anyway, so that was Saturday. It was a good session. And then Sunday, because of all the rain, I just ran from home on the bike path. Um, so I did uh, just over 30K, 402s, uh, listened to a bit of the Coffee Club podcast. That seems to be my sort of regular first hour to an hour and a half of Sunday run now. So that's the one with like Morgan McDonald and Ollie Hoare and Geordie Beamish. Um, and it felt really, really good. Like I took a gel about 75 minutes into this run. Um, I didn't, I normally don't take a gel if I'm running two hours, but I just thought, oh, maybe if I start taking some nutrition during the run, like, you know, it'll help me recover better. I won't be as beat up. Um, but yeah, it felt good actually. So it was like pretty it was only 250 metres of elevation over the 30K, so pretty flat. Um, so, yeah, you week have, of hunts. So you're too tight to get the uh, premium, so I can't see the gap. <laughs> but on K20 and 21, you've gone up nine metres each K and you've run a 352 and a 345. Yeah, I got rolling. So that was the one section where I surged a little bit. I thought there was a couple of segments through there. I'm like, oh, I might. And because it, it was a section where I've – so um, part of that run, I've actually ne I've never run like a 2K section of that loop before. So, and I thought there was a segment that included that 2K that I'd never run before, plus a bit that I normally run. Um, but as it turned out, it wasn't so, but uh, yeah, anyway. So I, I did, so, I did push a little bit. I did push a little bit in those couple of K. Um, but in a way, like I felt then even, I felt better after that than, than dialing it back to like four minute K pace. Well, yeah. After having you're, surged. You're in adrenaline mode. Yeah, yeah. You're in segment hunting mode on long <laughs> runs. Anyway, it was, a good, it was a good week. It was the best week I've had since I got sick. So I feel like I've sort of turned the corner a little bit. And when you have weeks like that, the motivation comes back a bit as well. Yeah, good. How many Ks? 125. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. that's it's enough for an old boy. Well, it's good. Like, I'm, you know, I'm ticking the box of two, se two decent sessions a week. 90 minutes midweek, 30k on a Sunday. Like it's, you know, I don't don't need much more than that, especially given I don't have anything I'm training for at the moment. Um, all right, Patreon shout outs. Who wants to go first? I'm happy to take it. All right. So I've got Chris McTaggart, Keysborough, Victoria, PBs. Um, so 5k 17.10, 10k 37.40. Half marathon 83.58 and marathon 2.57. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What's the strongest one there? Yeah, uh, I thinking that. The half and marathon are pretty similar. So that's basically 84, yeah. double that, and add, yeah, nine. Yeah. Maybe the 5K? Yeah, well, that's stronger than the 10. Well, the 10's probably the least strong, I reckon. 
Mm. Oh, good job, Chris. He's uh, this year's Gold Coast Marathon was his hundredth. Wow, and he also did comrades this year. Um, comrades, comrades, comrades. <laughs> He's a Jim's Mowing franchisee servicing Glen Waverley North. Yeah. So he would know nice lawn. Mm. Good work, Chris. Thanks for your support. I reckon he'll get a buzz when uh, he realises that the Commonwealth Games gold medalist has just given him a shout-out. <laughs> yeah. Who, who I've got, you got, I've got Ian Taylor. Ian is from Bishop, Auckland in the UK. Bishop, Auckland. Yeah, to start like a place in the UK, Bishop, Auckland. Hmm. It's, yeah, okay. So it's not Bishop in Auckland in no, the UK. No, no. So the town is Bishop, Auckland. Right, gotcha. Um in the 2022 pit stop 10k, he ran 41.11, uh, 89.26 for the 2022 Brass Monkey Half Marathon, Marathon of 338, 2022 London Marathon. So it looks like a bit of a COVID startup runner, perhaps Ian. Follows Brady and Croats on Strava, but not Julian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which one of these is his worst times, do you think? <laughs> uh, thanks for your support, Ian. Uh, cheers, he knows, Ian. He knows which, which runners to follow. So do you, know, do you know what? This could be my moose on the list for you, Croaks. Yeah. You have um, 3,212 followers. One of those is Ian Bishop. Jess Ian has, Taylor. Ian Taylor. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's from Bishop. Um <laughs> Jess has 2,700. So yeah. why did you have 500 more followers than Jess Stenson? Isn't I, that sad? I, to I, to I totally agree. And I was going to make mention of that um, when I get to my Patreon shout-out because what about Christian from Norway? The, the blokes, what's he run? And he's got, he's got over 10,000. Yeah, he? that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's that's a fair, yeah. fair moose on the loose. So, yeah, yeah anyway. Sure he got them all. He's anybody that them, I reckon. Anybody that doesn't follow Jess should start following Jess. <laughs> Agreed. Good training in there. Um, yeah, so I've got a shout-out uh, for Mustaba Rahman. Um, yeah, I've struggled to find much on uh, Mustaba, uh, but he, I think he lives in the UK, um, software developer and graduate of North Coders. Uh, he follows 47 people on Strava, including Brady, Moose, Matt Clowes, and Christian from Norway. So I was going to say the same sort of thing about how the hell does Christian have 10,000 uh, followers? Actually, I'll see how many. It, I'll see how many it actually is. Oh, so he's not following you, Brad? No, I think he. No, I think he does. No, oh. he does follow me as well. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, actually, no. His one's locked down, so you have to request it. So you, you can't actually see whether he does follow you. Uh, it just it just shows who you both follow. Yeah. Yeah, but no, or well, Christian's got twelve thousand two hundred and twenty-one, and he and Christian follows ninety-four. <laughs> what about that? What about that for a ratio? That's a uh, busy day trying to catch up on everyone's training. Yeah. Terrible, terrible bloke behaviour from Christian. <laughs> Speaking of Christian and Patreon, um, yeah, thanks to those that do support us through Patreon. Uh, Episode three of The Road to Valencia will be happening this week. I believe they're recording tomorrow night, so that'll be out late Tuesday or early Wednesday. Um, yeah, so they're, they're getting into the meaty part of their training at the moment. Uh, running news. Do we want to start off with the positives or the negatives of running news? <laughs> you mean news? the positive um, doping results? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What do you reckon? We start with 
Do you want to, let's start with the positives, eh? Jess, why don't you take sure. us to why don't you take Bernie us to Bernie, Bernie yeah. Chan? So Jack Rayner was incredible, um, continuing his winning streak. So um, 27.43 for the 10K, which um, he broke Craig Mottram's Aussie record of 27.54, set in Manchester in 2004. So that stood for 18 years. Um, Stewie's course record was 28.03, set in 2018. So, yeah, that's huge for Jack. I mean, he won the City Bay back in late September. He's won the Melbourne half and then Bernie. So... Yeah, it just keeps getting doesn't stronger. Get beaten, does he? Yeah. Doesn't get beaten on the roads. It's true. Yeah. Um, so Sam McEntee came in at twenty eight thirty four and James Hansen at twenty eight fifty six. So James actually won the Lonnie ten back in June. Um in the women's we had Leanne Pompiani, thirty two oh four. So she was only twenty two seconds off Kylie Risk's course record of thirty one forty two set in nineteen ninety nine. And that would be the all comers road ten K record as well, that one. Um, so, yeah, Leanne's been really strong um, over 10K on the road too. So it'll be um, exciting to see what she does at Zadapec. Um, Sinead was second in 32.29 and Rose Davies third in 32.59. And I didn't actually get to watch this one live, but I did hear that Leanne sort of made her move at about halfway. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Jack just sort of went hard from the gun. Is that right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Do you watch it, Moose? Yeah, I did. What did you What did you think? Oh, it was impressive running. I mean, both of them they were they were both impressive, but to see Jack Rayner on the front pushing from it, the gun basically, and not a single body in front of him the entire time, and just you've got guys like pretty high caliber runners behind him, uh, just giving it their all just to keep up and not even a chance really. And I, I thought this is hard, like. It's really windy, and the the course is not dead flat. It's it's strange the rec not strange, but mm. you would think this record would get run on a faster course, because um, it is exposed and it's windy and um, there are some hills in it. Have you run it, Jess? Yeah, I, I did a long time ago. It might have been 2011 because I think Nikki Chapel took the win. And yeah, I can remember it. Um, there being some hills for sure. Yeah, and it was yeah. quite windy down there. Like he had a stiff headwind on the way out, and I think he split five k thirteen fifty two. Yeah. So he's turned around, but even just with a headwind like that, knowing you're the class runner in the field, you, he could have won it much more safely. But he's he really had a had a crack at this record. Uh, you can tell, like his um his his post race interview, he said. If you if you're in it, um, he was talking to his coach Nick, and Nick said if you're in striking distance, have a crack at the um, Australian record, and he just he kind of smashed it really. Like that's a big record to break, and he's he was working so hard you could tell at 5k like into that wind for 5k the effort was high, and as he turned around he got faster, so the effort is still high, and he's solo from then on, and he's fatigued, and yeah he he put in a mammoth time trial type run then. Yeah. I saw Benny Saint in, I think, his Strava comment said something like he thought he was going to choke on his moustache at one point, <laughs> like he was pushing that hard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it didn't need, like, didn't need to do that just to go down there and get the win and collect the cash, but he's obviously really motivated to, to do big things. 
And um, and thoughts on Leanne? Like Leanne's represented Australia at World Cross, but you know the last I reckon twelve, probably t- last twelve months, eighteen months, like she's been knocking off some of the really mm-hmm. big names in the country. Like you'd have to think she's not far away from making you know a, a World Champs, Com Games, Olympics, just with her her current trajectory. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember watching her at the um the nationals back in April. Uh, and she'd come off an injury and ran a really strong 5K that night. I think, you know, it was in the mid to low 15, uh, yeah, mid 15 minutes. And she really surprised herself there because I don't think she'd done a whole lot of training and that was just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, she she was being second place for a long time into, like, was always getting knocked off by some superstar, basically, but was entering the races where there were superstars showing up. I think if you if you get beaten a couple of times, it's quite easy to go and pick out events where you know there might not be many people show up, and, and or might be on the same weekend as other events, or it might be in regional towns, to, like or you kind of can dodge the competition and make a little bit of a profile for yourself as a winner. But she, like, what's really impressed me about her is she keeps showing up to the big races, and now she's starting to win them, and it mm. was. It was kind of only a matter of a time for, for her because uh, she was so close so many times. Yeah. But beating Sinead, beating, like Sinead, Sinead is a superstar. Um, and the way that Leanne kind of just dropped her at that 5K mark and just started dumping low three-minute Ks on the way back, that was very impressive. Yeah. Well, the Cedars of Surf was probably the real big one for Leanne. Like to run the third fastest time there, and not be that far off the course record, which is a phenomenal record. Mm. Um, you know, shows that she's, uh, yeah, the real deal. Uh, all right, Moose, do you want to take us to Valencia half? Yeah, so I did not watch this. Uh, so I was getting updates in about eight different message groups about this race. Uh, we had a couple of Aussies in it. Um, neither had the best run. Ed Goddard ran 63.35. Archie ran 66.47. Um, up the front end, I'd say the favourite. Kibi Watt Candy won the race in 58.10. That's he was the former. Was he the former record holder? A former yeah, half marathon record. Yeah, holder? before Jacob Chalimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he, so. Yeah. Um, so he's he ran 58.10, which is smashing. Yomif Kajelcha, the former Oregon Project athlete um, who trained under Salazar, he ran 58.32. So that's an Impressive move to the road after he ran Great North Run. Was he in the Great North Run and didn't quite have the day out that he wanted because Joseph Kiplimo, uh, oh, no, it was Borrega. Sorry, Borrega that day. All right, when did we see Kajelcha on the road? Can't remember. That's a pretty good run, 58-32. Uh, Daniel Matiko was third. Ladies, big result here from the German Constance Klosterhalden who was also former Oregon Project athlete and now um, Union Athletic – is it Union Athletic Club? Or yeah. Union? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Jess Hull's teammate. Uh, and uh, Pete, Pete Julian. Pete Julian. And Sonia O'Sullivan, um, I think she has a lot to do with, with, with Coco. That's her nickname. And so 65-41, that must be a debut half. Yeah, it was debut. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So even, like, if you look at her PBs, what's she run for 10, Coco? Uh, I'll have a look, but 
like she's run low, like she's running fourteen twenty something, hasn't she, for five k? Which that, yeah, but like, still, there's a lot of fourteen twenty guys that don't go anywhere near that for a half. Mm, yeah, but it should you, that should match up in a way. You think really? What, Is that- if, 14, 14, 20, and if you've done the work, 14, 20, and 65 minutes for a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, Remember here we go. Brett talking about her training, he said she just smashes at every run like she's a really quick long runner. Um, oh, really? So she's obviously an aerobic machine. Yeah. 14, so she's run 8.20 for 3K, 14.26 for 5, 31.01 for 10. Um, yeah. Okay. 3101 does not translate to 6541. No. That's a good run from her. Because you look at M. Sisson, she'd have a quicker 10K and she ran that 6730 to get the American record. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe we'll see her moving moving up even further. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, if she can handle the mileage, she's obviously got a talent for the road. Who got second uh, and third, couple Moose? Of, uh, a couple of Ethiopian girls come in second and third. Uh, Tiggy. Is that how, <laughs> is that how Ali spells Tiggy? Uh, it might be Siggy, not – it might be Silent T. Uh, Siggy, yeah, Siggy. Gebra Salema, Gebra Slima, ran 65.46, and Harley Faisa Gaya, 66 flat. Very That's good. Close. Oh, come on, that's close. I don't think they're listening. They won't get too upset. <laughs> All right, the not so negative part of running news. We copped a bit of copped a bit of crap last. Oh, after we recorded last week, Brady got stuck into us for not mentioning a few like doping uh, cases. So we've loaded up tonight. Um, Marius Kipserum, uh, he's been done for EPO. He's a 204 man. He's won Rotterdam twice, and he paced Kipchoge at the Ineos sub two. Um, so that's now three of the paces from that day who have been suspended. Uh, Ibrahim Mukanga Wachira and Kenneth Kiprock Renju uh, have also been provisionally suspended for alleged doping offences. Renju became the national champion, so this is Kenya, over 10,000 metres in April and also won half marathons in Prague and Lisbon and a 10K race in Lille this year. Uh, According to World Athletics, he's ranked fourth in the world for road running. He's run 58.35 for the half, and both of those athletes uh, are done for anabolic steroids. Uh, and this comes off the back of the 2021 Boston winner, um, Diane Kipyoge, uh, being provisionally suspended, and Mark Kangogo, who won the Ciara Zanal um, trail race. So about 16 Kenyan athletes suspended uh, provisionally or otherwise since July and over 200 of their compatriots involved in doping cases since 2017. Uh, what needs to be done and when's it going to stop? Because it seems like it seems like this week's running news is next next month's doping news. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. they seem yeah. to be getting popped every week. Yeah. It's getting, like, it's attracting a fair bit of attention on Twitter and social media now as well. Like, it's... Yeah, it's certainly uh, a bit concerning. Mm, it's a shame. It's just, you know, you just don't know what to believe anymore. It's very much in the 
like the way that runners used to talk about cycling back in the uh, like 80s, 90s, early 2000s, I feel like running's getting very much, or especially distance running's getting very much that way now. Um, yeah, 100% it is. Yeah. Like, a lot of, exactly it. A lot of these athletes um, manage by the same agents as well. Mm. Like could you sort of pin it down to a few key agents or – yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah r- rather than banning countries, looking at banning anybody that's managed by certain managers. Yeah, yeah, there's not the, a bad the idea. Man- the managers, there's the brands that pay their salaries and and yeah. support them. Um, their their coaches, exactly. Like, there's people that can have an influence here that all of a sudden go very quiet as soon as these bans get announced, and uh, there's really no follow up, is there? Like, you need. You need a breakthrough investigation like what happened in cycling. Yeah. Like you need yeah. some top top journalists to just go deep on this and then spark some actual investigation because it's widespread. It's like and, – and, I mean, you look at the Sub 2 project or whatever it was called, they're, they're basically just um, making these athletes disappear from the history. They're, they're yeah. not – they're not coming out to say anything about it. They're, they're fucking photoshopping them out of images from back in the back yeah. when the race happened. They're, they're deleting them from their websites. It, it's it's not it, that's not how we make this change. Mm. Uh, yeah, sweeping I, I think, under the rug. I think that's a worry that people are going back now and changing websites. That well, when was the sub two? It was like two years ago, three years ago. It's like changing the website. To me, it just means that there's more to it. Um, but yeah. I feel like it's I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is some massive bust. Like at the moment, you know, Kip Serum, like he's a pretty big name. Like you know, you generally see him. He actually ran um he ran Sydney Marathon. Didn't didn't have the best day. I think he finished sixth. But you know, he's a you know the guys run. If you're winning Rotterdam twice, like you you're a reasonably big name. So now, is that the Rosa athlete? That was a Rosa athlete, Kip Serum. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, and so the two Kenyans, or maybe it was the four that came over, four athletes that came over from um, for the Melbourne Marathon, I believe they might have been Rosa athletes as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, I think they, they were, because I think, remember, I think Tim Crosby said that they were from Rosa's um, group. Yeah. So, yeah. like... The, and, and I know there was multiple from that group that got that did get done, um, and yeah, it just seems pretty like like the consistent variable is is European Italian managers. Mm, yeah, what, do, what does Christian say on uh, Road to Valencia? Seventy or eighty year old doctors. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, watch this space because I'm sure there'll be more busts in the next week, month, year. So um, now we're going to move on to courses being short. Ailish McColgan Moose, she had her 10k or British and European 10k taken from her. Mm, yeah, unfortunate. Um, the Glasgow, she ran the Glasgow uh, Great Scottish Run. Um, which I kind of remember this happening at the time because I thought, oh, this, like, this is a, I mean, it was, it's a good time even with the, the short course. So the course afterwards was found to be 150 metres short. Organisers said that it was due to human error. 
an area of the course was not laid out in line with the previously agreed plans. So basically, they've given someone a cone and said, put this over there, and it's gone to a um, different spot and put it in the wrong spot. Now, yeah, that it's hard to control those ones uh, unless you've got someone. I mean, really, there should be a four a forerunner on the course that, well, not a forerunner, but like a a four driver um, where you can kind of sweep and and make sure that it's in the right spot. Someone who knows the course, but yeah, didn't didn't get through. So the record's now thirty nineteen, which she ran at the Great Manchester Run. Yeah, that's the only that's the only positive to come from it is that she she had run thirty nineteen previously, so she's only it's only a second difference. Um, which yeah, she did that at the Great Manchester Run in May. Um, but the problem is they did in two thousand and sixteen at the same event. Callum Hawkins' Scottish half marathon record of sixty twenty two was also ruled out after the course was found to be about 150 metres short as well. So they've got um they've got history. I guess that's why we see some of these races, they tend to be over the distance just to have a bit of a buffer when the, you know, group come in and ratify the course. If a ref- record's mm. been run, you know, he can ensure that it's the full distance. But I didn't realise she'd actually run a 30-19 and mm. that she was only taking her own record. I thought it had been her mum's record for some reason. Yeah, no, so her comment, because they had some comments from her saying, uh, like, you know, the positive was that, well, it's only, you know, it's only one second difference to what I have run. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, that's running news. Let's go to listener questions. I had the had to, option of two here, but seems though we've got you, Jess, and might talk and um, might use the marathon one. So, uh, hi, Legends, listener question here for you. It may be an obvious one, but as we get into marathon season, I wondered what or if you guys do anything to keep focused um or positive as you near the start line do you use pictures reminders affirmations watch inspiring films or listen to power ballads and that question comes in from sean power ballads (laughs) i um i definitely will refer back to other preps and sort of think well this has gone better than that prep or this was similar to that prep um and, you know, can draw positives from that often. But I also, um, yeah, Adam, my coach for a big race, will often sort of um, put some words down in writing, which um, he'll flick through to me the day before the race, which kind of reinforces a, a few things that have um, gone well in the prep and what I'm aiming to do out there uh, in the race. And so that always gives me a bit of a boost the day before the race. And then, on race day, I like to go over a few, you know, messages that um, people have sent to me and uh, listen to some upbeat music. The watch inspiring films, that's something I'll do more like in my training um, to keep me motivated because, to be honest, I'm always really motivated for race day. It's um, it's sort of during your training block where, you know, you can have a bit of a lull sometimes and I find a, an inspiring doco can help me there. What's your um? What's your go-to music as your? Uh, did you listen to any music as you're being um, driven out to the start line in Birmingham? We were actually chatting on the bus, the Aussie girls. So I didn't listen to any music um, that day, but I tend to pick songs that uh, remind me or take me back to other moments that were good and um, that um, the greatest showman that mm. Hugh Jackman film. I watched that just like, you know, in the weeks leading up to the uh, Commonwealth Games in 2018. And that 
I don't know, the soundtrack of that just always fires me up and, you know, I like the, the tunes. So I'll often listen to that before a race. Um, there are a couple of songs in there that get me up and about. Yeah. What about you, Moose? How do you stay positive as you're nearing the start line? Like I'm not sure whether this is like the, you know, the hour before or even like, you know, the weeks leading into. Yeah, the hour before I've got a playlist that I love. I've basically done this, the same thing as Jess is like rem- reminders of, of past good times where I always listen and hear the song and it makes me feel better. And just, I don't know why, it just takes me to a good place. Those, they're all set, set on a playlist together. Um, and so I'll put that on. I kind of put I, I put it on before races, like on the way to the race. Sometimes I've tried to do it on the way to workouts as well, and I really like it. Like I get a bit annoyed if I'm in the car and someone's trying to chat to me while that it's going on. I feel <laughs> like I just don't. You want need to some dance. bigger headphones. There are those sort of you know get away from me style headphones. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm so approachable. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did definitely the hour before, and like you do too, the movies. There's be a couple like that you can go back to that always sort of pep you up. Like um, I like Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's always a good movie to go to. I mean, we love that one. Um, yeah, that's probably. I don't do that so much anymore because I don't have time. But I also put on this one movie that I love. That again just takes me to a really calm place it's called the secret life of walter mitty it's got um ben affleck in it yeah that it's a is weird one... it's a weird movie though it's a bit weird <laughs> i don't think so like i i love that movie it's one of like my most well it is my favorite movie now i reckon and i don't know it just it, it just it's a great movie I um for me like in the days leading up like if I've had a good training block I'll go through my training and like I get a lot of confidence from knowing that I've I've done everything I can to you know to be in the best shape that I can um the thing I love about the marathon as well is like I don't seem to get I'm probably more relaxed compared to when I was running track because you know that the first 30k should actually be enjoyable so it almost it's almost like well what's the point of being super nervous on the start line when the first hour and a half hour 40 is not actually going to hurt whereas you know when you're running 1500s you used to like pump yourself up because you knew that when that gun goes you're you know you're going to be hurting a minute into it um so that's something um yeah like i listen to music as well uh, probably not as much music as when i was doing like shorter track races i probably used to get a bit more pumped up for that than i do what's your song you got a uh, song that you go to yeah it was like eminem lose you oh, lose yeah. yourself oh yeah that's, <laughs> that's a good one that's pretty good like there's not many better ones than that that just go yeah one chance one opportunity like just yeah um and like sort of not related to this but have you guys ever been running a marathon going over the timing chips say like 20k 25k into the marathon and like i like i got real emotional in like Biwa. like it started tearing up because i was like running way faster than I sort of thought I was going to felt really good. And knowing that when you cross that mat on the other side of the world, there's going to be a split on somebody's computer, knowing that your close ones are going to be like, you know, following you on the journey. Mm, You ever ever felt that? I felt that in um, my (laughs) debut in Japan. I remember 
sort of suddenly realising that people back at home um, were, were watching it and uh, knew my goal and um, that I was about to achieve it. Yeah, cool. Sorry, I haven't been guessed at the moment. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, I got real emotional going across the, like some marathons, going across those mats, knowing that there's people at home like watch, like you know, getting the splits and following. And I don't know. So yeah, just and me. even just knowing that you're on a good one. Yeah. Like at 30k, this the like seeing a good split, going, it's fucking on today. Like <laughs> yeah. the, today's one of them days. I reckon Jess, when she dropped the last girl of from that pack. That's that would be a feeling about ten times better than ours. Oh, I couldn't even I, yeah, I couldn't imagine what that feeling would be like. Yeah, <laughs> just the gap separating. All of a sudden, she gets that that adrenaline shot of like, I got it. And especially especially if you still feel like you're on top of your nutrition and you're not close to like bonking at all, like you still and your legs are still really strong, like you've dropped everybody because there's there's a difference between I think like dropping everybody but going oh shit i've still got like 6k to go a lot can happen here but you know if, if you're on a good one that last 6k you're still going to have plenty left yeah um, if you're feeling in control still yeah um good job i reckon we nailed that uh moose on the loose purchase of the week oh yeah so uh i don't have a lot i well actually i do changing workouts around to suit like social stuff just don't, don't like it I don't, I, when, not when it can get done not when it's just a little bit of unpleasantness that you're gonna try that you're trying to avoid i reckon like the the, the change from a sunday long run to a saturday morning run in order to avoid running when you're hungover i i, I don't like it it shows that you're not committed to your running Adam actually said the same thing. A group was trying to organise a long run for Saturday and he said, oi, what's going on here? He said, you do your long run on Saturday and you're going to go into this event dehydrated and it's going to hit you um, quicker anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, good. He was good. all about sticking to the 8am Sunday long run as well. I like it. He, I mean, you, these, we do so much to make our running right and we shouldn't let something like that affect the, the program and I know it's not like it's just a symbol of being committed it's not actually going to affect anything really but it's a, it's a symbol and it's a it, it's a um, uh, it's like just this little act that you do where you feel like you're, you're a bit more uh, committed anyway it's just my little thing that I, I get annoyed by uh all right i think that pretty much wraps up our show um jess you've got new york coming up so when you fly out sunday are you going solo or, or is the family going with you um i'm going solo so i fly out on sunday morning and arrive in washington dc on sunday night um i actually have a cousin who lives there um so she's pretty excited to have a, a visitor coming so i'll spend three nights with her and then i'll catch the train into new york on wednesday awesome well good good luck uh, i know Thank you. the country's behind you and um we're lucky enough to have you back on i think the week after new york so we'll be yes. able to we'll be able to recap your race then yeah looking forward to it <laughs> what about you moose what's coming up uh i don't have anything this week I'm just doing my same old thing. So I wish I was going to New York. 
How fun. <laughs> yeah. How Actually, fun. One, the, one, the one thing I've always heard is New York Roadrunners really go above and beyond, like, looking after the athletes. Um, with it, Because this will be your first New York Roadrunner event, Jess? Yeah, for sure. Um, my first marathon in the US, I've done one. I did the San Diego half in 2015, but I haven't raced much in the US at all. So, yeah, I, I don't even really know Central Park. I've, I've spent about two days in New York Um you know, back as a teenager, so there's a, it, it'll be hard um, just holding back from doing the touristy things in the lead up to the race. Yeah, and how how long after, like, when do you fly home? I'm actually flying home the following day. Um, just, yeah, Dylan's got to take a bit of work off to look after Billy and just, I'll lose two days in travel as it is coming back. So, yeah, just a quick trip this one, but hopefully get back there for a longer stay one day. Yeah. Well, good luck. We'll be following you and, um, yeah, we'll do a recap in a couple of weeks. Uh, domestically, we've got, yeah, New South Wales 3K coming up this weekend, which is always a pretty good event. Um, Noosa Bolt, which Jess made mention of earlier. And, um, yeah, Road to Valencia Episode 3 will be out tomorrow night or early Wednesday morning. So um, that's it. We'll chat again next week, Moose. Yes, thank you. Well hosted and great to have you, Jess, providing. Thank you. Yeah, very insightful. A lot more <laughs> insightful than our normal host. <laughs> yeah, but our normal our normal host wouldn't have stuffed up the uh, Birmingham bit at the start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks again, great. Jess. We'll uh, we'll chat when you get back from New York. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Doesn't matter if it